A heartbroken bungee jumping instructor shoves their lover off the launching pad harness free. Knowing they won't bounce back, the plummeting victim grips an unusual coin in the palm of their hand. Is it a clue to the murder? Is it a hint at the motive? No, it's Dying Message, the detective anime mystery podcast. Welcome to Dying Message, where each week we watch detective anime along with a mystery guest. Today's case, Detective Academy Q, episodes 29, 30, and 31, The Murder Collector. I'm your lead investigator, Noah Max Levine, although five years ago I was also a lean investigator, but you know how that goes. So yes, this is a podcast about anime, about mystery, about detectives. We're going to spoil the ending of what we've watched, so you have been warned. Uh, With me, there's a mystery guest who we'll meet soon. And also, let me introduce our resident anime expert, Michael Savitsky. Um, We just moved into a new apartment, so he's now the resident anime expert in a different place. And uh, anything different we should expect from you now that, I don't know, you're a newly resident anime expert? Uh, I've got more room now, so I'm going to stretch out. Stretch out your anecdotes so that they take up more time? (laughs) Just my body. Just your body. Very, uh, very noticeable different for our podcast listeners. Yes. I thought that they would enjoy that. (laughs) All right, Mike, what have you got for us today? Well, uh, I thought we'd talk a little bit about high school in Japan real quick. We've talked about it a little bit, but in case you're watching these episodes and like, why are they so mean to each other? These episodes in particular take place at a very competitive high school, and uh, high school can be pretty cutthroat in Japan. Oh, I see where you're going. Yeah, so we know that they took an entrance exam to get into DDS, but in general... Junior high students have to like study for their practice or for their uh, entrance exams for like years. And it's all about getting into a super competitive school. And then all the scores while you're in school are like publicized and you want to be like the top scoring people so you can get into the top universities. And it's it's pretty crazy. And so when we have a character that they're like, oh, maybe she killed herself. Like it's not super common, but it's not like as rare as it should be. And when they're all like, we we. We're friends in junior high, but now we're rivals. Well, that's apparently how it goes. Wow. Oh, my God. (laughs) Setting a very dark tone. I mean, this is a very dark set of episodes. Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let's let's meet our mystery guest. We'll talk about other things before we get into what is apparently... uh, What's the darkest movie I can think of to make a reference? Uh... Donnie Darko is not dark, even though it has dark in the name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Dark, the Netflix series. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Darkness Falls, which I think is a horror movie about an evil tooth fairy. That sounds pretty dark. Oh, yes. It's the Darkness Falls of Detective Academy Q plot arcs. Um, all right. <laughs> Wait, did I get the darkest? I got the darkest art, like timeline so far? <laughs> it's 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 not that hard. Okay. Oh, oh my God. Um. You're you're definitely the top movie referencer on the podcast at the moment. So let me tell people who you are, right. uh, because we've got our mystery guest here with us in our not literal studio. He is a comedian and podcaster, host of Sean and Andrew talk about movies and sometimes other stuff. And one time he solved the mystery of the missing hard drive. I've cracked the case. It's Andrew Nealis. Hi, hi everybody. That that's me. <laughs> Welcome. 
thank you. Thank you for uh, virtually letting me into your new place. Uh, congratulations, <laughs> by the way. Uh, that's really exciting. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Michael, when you said that you were stretching out, I just imagine you're recording on like a chaise lounge where you're like really just like straightening out and just like stretching out your body to the point where it might not be comfortable. But like that's that's yeah. just what I pick. That's what I pictured. Yep. I have placed my feet in shackles and my wrists <laughs> are getting stretched out by chains and it's great. Well, oh, we don't so you're have on a rack. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, today we have a futon, but tomorrow we have kind of a chaise lounge coming in. Ooh, fancy, uh, comfortable. So, so if he's recording from the future, maybe what he did, is. What did the website call it? A shizouch? No, a, a chofa. <laughs> a chofa. <laughs> it's a chaise <laughs> slash sofa. Both sound like weird exclamations you could make. <laughs> chofa. Chizouch. I'm, I'm going to use that throughout the episode when uh, people things happen. <laughs> and that's when chizouch, they got him. But Andrew, you're here. Let's. You're our guest. Let's talk about you. Okay. You you have more than one movie podcast. You're a big movie person. Yeah. The episode we had you watch today was murder mystery, kids at school, mm-hmm. drama, all of that stuff. Did it ring any bells, like remind you of any movies you've seen? It Okay, so it did. Uh, and this was going to be something I was going to bring up later in the first episode in particular, because I, I, this, I, I have not seen the show before, so it kept reminding me of like, a, like almost it, the content was like David Fincher like almost, where mm-hmm. with where it's like they're investigating somebody who's making their own snuff films, and there's some like yeah. voyeuristic elements to it. It's at this school where. There's like all like all of this like relationship drama and like all these like reveals where I like as I was watching it, I was like, this one is this this is I I don't know. Are they are they not all like this? (laughs) All the episodes of this show. Yeah. Well, I guess my question is, is this like a typical case? Because I was like, this to Mm. me is like very David Fincher like because he just he just like delves in like that like dark that like dark kind of mystery seedy kind of like thriller. Yeah, I mean, they're all dark in that usually somebody is murdered. Mm -hmm. There's been a couple in particular that have, like, gotten into this territory, like, really melodramatic. And then also, you know, there's the one we covered in episode of 11 of our podcast, where they're in a village in the middle of nowhere, where uh, in the middle, during the war, they were testing weaponized smallpox. And, you know, (laughs) everybody wears a plague mask. And yeah, so, you know. It's not out of the ordinary. Oh my god! I would say. That also sounds kind of awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a like, little bit. Yeah, that's like metal. Oh my god. So yeah, so you're you're a movie person. I think is safe to say. Yeah. Uh, are you an anime person? So I'm particular about anime. So I when I was younger, I was never super into it. More so because like I, I when I was younger, I was like hard pressed to pay attention to something like that, like serialized. Um, but now that I'm older, I, for me, the animes that I usually gravitate towards, cause like, it's something where I'm like, I, I, I like the ones I like the ones that I like, but I, it's something I want to explore more of a lot of the time. I'm more interested usually in, it has like a, a, like a clear beginning. And if it has like an end, cause like I've seen neon Genesis, like death note, things like that, where, uh, I know it's like short or <laughs> if I, if I know that there's like an end point, cause I, 
for whatever reason, especially with TV shows, like I'm, I'm more interested when I know there's like a narrative begin beginning and a narrative end. Like, um, Attack on Titan, I know, is like wrapping up or has wrapped up, but I'm, I'm yeah. probably going to go watch that at some point because I'm like, four yeah, the se- final season is about to air. Oh, OK. Yeah. And it, that's that's like there's like four seasons of that. Right. Um, to me, I'm like four seasons. Hello. <laughs> like <laughs> it's not like 300 episodes where I'm like, ah, ah yeah. But even like something like Supernatural, which is hitting 14th seasons and finally ending right. like compared to nearly a thousand episodes of One Piece. But yeah. the Supernatural anime is only 12 episodes long. Oh, yes, yeah, oh. so you could watch that. <laughs> so maybe I'll watch that and then the final epi- like the final six episodes of Supernatural and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah I got the gist of it. Also throw in the Scooby-Doo episode, then you're set. Oh, yeah. Got the Scooby-Doo all. episode of Supernatural is very good. I, it's yeah, one I have of like three episodes I've seen. <laughs> um, and then mystery genre. So that crosses into movies, books, mm-hmm. podcasts, true crime, all that stuff. Uh, any of that in your coffee? uh not not, sorry go ahead yeah yeah i was just gonna i I wasn't gonna jump on that because i was like (laughs) that was kind of a thing where i was like did is that an expression i'm just gonna move (laughs) do you do you put any mystery in your coffee do i put any mystery in my coffee uh no i always forget i feel like i usually forget to get mystery because i'm i i feel like i like like clue and like um like knives out i'm a fan of uh, but recently somebody was asking me about like, oh, do, do you have any good like mystery movie recommendations? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. It's kind of a, it, it's kind of a blind spot, blind spot, like slippery genre for me. Cause it's, I can't like, I, I, I can't think of that many like examples other than maybe like some noirs and stuff like that. But I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, mystery is something that I like, but I, I feel like I don't have a, um, I don't have a deep like pool to uh, drink my coffee from (laughs) (laughs) yeah but you're not doing true crime you're not like watching law and order every week or anything like that no 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 none of the none of like the procedurals or or anything like that yeah and everyone's every once in a while like a podcast mystery but i'm more Mm. again it's more like um like a dirty john or or something like that where it's like give me that give me that beginning and that end i don't know it's more that's more that's more my uh my bag baby Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh your bag baby Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> that's from my personal favorite detective uh austin powers um you know is he a detective uh, spy spy yeah there's some overlap i guess so before today when mm-hmm. you watched three episodes of detective academy q episodes 29 30 and 31 mm-hmm. had you seen any detective anime or mystery anime before I don't think so. Um, well, does Death Note count? I think we've officially ruled Death Note at least partially counts. Okay, because that's for sure at least like cat and mouse kind of. It gets yeah. a little, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but no, no, this was the first time I have ever seen a detective anime. And you got a real like murder mystery, straightforward uh, case. Lucky, you are so lucky. You <laughs> Wait, they're more complicated than this? Okay, so so I'll, I'll I'll jump ahead to this. We're a bit out of sequence, so we have already recorded our next episode, which will tell will will tell our listeners what to expect. But it is nothing like this in any way. Oh, is this a <laughs> trio de beauty? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you saw that in the next episode preview, <laughs> which was teased at the end of the third episode. Because and that is my yeah. last note in all caps. In all caps, I hand wrote trio de beauty, and I was like, okay. 
All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll tell you a little bit about that when we get there and our listeners so they know what to expect next week. I love it. Um, but we are continuing to talk about Detective Academy Q. So, Michael, can you remind folks who have lapsed or people who may be joining us for the first time, this anime, what? Uh what? Uh, so Detective Academy Q uh, is basically the story of a group of like high schoolish age uh, aspiring detectives. They attend DDS, the Don Detective School, uh, where they go on mystery solving adventures and hope to uh, succeed the headmaster of the school, Don Morihiko, as the like lead investigator with the Japanese police. All right. Thank you, Michael. We've got three episodes to cover, so we're going to jump right in. But Andrew, I want to give you a moment to respond to the opening song if you have any thoughts. Uh, I dug it. I That was my first note. Uh, it was like ska music, and I was pretty surprised yep. that I was like, is this ska? This is this fucking rules. I loved Real Big Fish. I still love Real Big Fish, so I, I was kind of about that. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, it, uh, the vitamins thing killed me. Uh, <laughs> the A, B, C, D, E, F, take all your vitamins. I was like okay uh and then there was another line where it's like grab i think it was like the count to seven and like grab your friends we'll have a good time like grab what you want it'll, it'll be great i was like yeah no i'm about this yeah it's a it's a nice it's a nice fun song michael doesn't like it but that's his own fault so starting off we start with episode 29 the murder collector um and it starts with two of our main characters being given a special assignment by um, the head of the school, Don, and the other other teacher that we met recently, Hongo, who's like gruff and he's got this scar. We, we don't need to really talk about them too much because they're just here to give them this mission. Um, mm-hmm. But let's talk about Megu and Ryu because they are going to go on this journey together. Um, they're being sent into this school to investigate this thing. So, Andrew, you spent three episodes with Megu and Ryu. Mm-hmm. Uh, what can you tell us about them? Uh, Ryu is really intense. He is the intense detective. They said he's going to be like the best, right at the top. If 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 I'm not mistaken, he's he's the one who's like super determined. He's kind of scary. Yeah. Uh, and Meg is much more cheery, and she's like, I don't know. He seems kind of cute, but he's also kind of scary. And like, she yeah. seems to be trying to have like fun while he's just like, no we got to solve this. Like they're real, (laughs) they're, you know, a little little bit of an odd couple like that. Yeah. It's this classic thing, right? So their teacher tells them about this high school where this student has gone missing and these snuff videos. Yeah. The classic thing where the high school has snuff videos. (laughs) They like, they talk so cavalier. Like the, the concept of a snuff video is like, it's like weird. And like, as the episodes continue, it's almost like, oh no, the snuff video is coming right for us like a couple times. It's really weird. (laughs) It mostly turns out that there weren't like a ton of snuff videos. It was mostly to set up this murder, but yeah, you're right. Just the concept of snuff videos floating around should be a bit more of a surprising thing. Yeah. Everyone's like, and they even like explain it. And I was like, Oh, what? Like, even the way they explained it, like, didn't feel like it was enough. Like, it, 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 yeah, it was such like a bomb to drop, but then it never felt like it was like, oh, wait, no, that's like really bad for like a fucking high school, but <laughs> all right, it is serious. So let's send these kids in. Uh, <laughs> let's send these kids in and see what they can do. Not only that, these kids who are like kind of fighting over, like, oh man, I want to go. 
Right, because like Mega and Ryu were called into the office, and the other three main characters, there's the set of five, Q, Kenta, and Kazuma, are all like listening at the door. Yeah. And does does someone open the door and they fall in? Does that li- does that literally happen? It's something along those lines. the The main thing I remember from that is the music is basically the Adams Family music during that scene. <laughs> and I'm I it was literally like, <laughs> but it was like three yeah. snaps. It was like it was like just off enough where i was like wait what <laughs> but yeah they're gonna they're gonna send megu and ryu um there's this kind of side note for our listeners that are getting into this growing plot in detective academy q hongo does remind us that he's one of the teachers that uh, someone has infiltrated the detective school and so that's why he doesn't trust ryu is it a good idea to oh. send him on this mission and Don says, suspecting people without proof is just what they want us to do. So I'm going to, yeah, send him into danger. Oh. So Ryu's not the main, like, he's not traditionally, like, the lead? No, that's the short one with the little white hair. Oh, Cute. interesting. Despite what you might have garnered from these episodes, the uh, main character of Detective Academy Q is the character named Q. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Otherwise, it would be called Detective Academy Ryu. That, okay, well, I'm sorry. I don't remember Q being in it at all. <laughs> he really wasn't. This is not a Q-heavy episode. He inserts himself into the third episode mm-hmm, in, mm. a, in a very Q way. Wait, so <laughs> this is blowing my mind that he's not the main character. So you said there's... Do you Have you guys seen uh, who has infiltrated the school? Because when you um, were telling me about the show before, you mentioned that there's like a shadow organization after them or something. So Ryu might still be the, 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 the shadow? Oh my god, he might be the shadow man? Well, so there's probably a different shadow man. Like, Ryu is definitely infiltrated the school for this organization. But, like, and we know it's that. not that one. Like, there's right. another one. There's another person who is sneaking around after dark, locking students in secret hidden basements with poisonous snakes. You know? Oh my god. Walking around with um, coffee. What are, uh, coffee. What's the word? Why can't I think of it? What is what is with you and coffee? Oh, a coffee thermos full of snakes? Walking around with coffee thermoses full of snakes. What is with me <laughs> and coffee? That is... Dude, Michael, now I know what you mean when you were talking about how intense Japanese high schools are. This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it is crazy. I, so there's the, there's this little scene between Q and Ryu, and I'm, I want to mention it because it, it Ryu thinks a back to it later, but Q is basically like, someone locked Megu in a basement with a snake. Uh, make sure nothing happens to her now. Mm. And Ryu's like, I gotcha. He like really intensely is like, you need to take care of her. Like you, uh, he has like, he like grabs him, right? You know, he has, unre- he has unrealized feelings for her, you know? Aww. <laughs> <laughs> so now we get to see what the really intense high school looks like. Uh, I didn't realize that these are middle school students who are infiltrating this high school, which is really tough because they get thrown into a math class taught by one of our suspects, Murasaki Misato. So we're going to meet all of our uh, suspects kind of spread out throughout this scene, which is a nice change from most of episodes where it's like five people walk into a room and all introduce themselves all at once. Yeah, no, I I, I liked this introduction scene because it was like much more like they kind of go around the room and they're like, this is the this is the bad kid. This is like this basically the smart asshole. Like this is like this is like the the goody two shoes. Like they, they go around and they like you get the you get the um, like the tropes pr- pretty pretty good, which I thought was effective. 
So let's run through who they are. So we have the math teacher who I mentioned, Murasaki Misato. Mm-hmm. She's, yeah, she's, you know, a teacher. That's that's her main characteristic. It's her main characteristic. Um, then you've got, like, the star super-focused student, Kogure Junya. Who is a full-grown man, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he... He's he's got he's got glasses, which is not a good sign on this show. It's a oh. very sinister, sinister mar- character <laughs> marking. Oh yeah, and yeah, he's threatened by Ryu, who seems super smart. He's really intense about the class rankings. Yeah, and he makes. Doesn't he explain that they basically have to do a Goodwill Hunting chalkboard in order to get into the school? And then Ryu's like, yeah, no, I'll Goodwill Hunting this real quick. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking about that. They have the scene where it's like, can someone come up to the board and do this very complicated calculus problem? And Ryu knocks it out. And I'm like, wait, do people still go up to the chalkboard and do really complicated calculus problems? My problem with this scene was that like, when he was done, he had clearly written like, the fastest person <laughs> writing the fastest speed on a chalkboard would have spent 20 minutes writing it that. It was full. But they reacted like <laughs> like they hadn't seen it happening. They were like, what? Yeah. yeah. Like, he's been doing it for a half an hour for this to have happened. It oh, went no. <laughs> from blank chalkboard to walls at the end of a beautiful mind yeah. in like 10 seconds. <laughs> well, that was the thing. The impressive thing wasn't the, the problem. It was just how fast that he did it. That was really the thing that really knocked everyone's socks off. So we, we've got the next suspect is the class representative, Tominaga Masashi, who is very, like, more cheerful, very outwardly helpful, doesn't wear glasses. I specifically wrote down that he doesn't wear glasses. <laughs> and then the next one is Toya Kuniko. Does wear glasses. Uh, she is the shyest shy that has ever shied. Her voice is literally like, like it's like so meek like yeah yeah very squeaky very quiet trying a little too hard to sound quiet maybe yeah (laughs) it's it's like a cartoonish level of just where it's just like oh okay next asabuki maya who's the outgoing one with like the orange hair yep (laughs) yeah that's all there is to her that's all there is to her um and then there's like the one who you you know it's probably not him because he's the most suspicious because he's like dangerous he's a slacker obayashi kazuki yeah Uh, i immediately wrote in my notes red herring for him (laughs) (laughs) uh that's my favorite character from a pup named scooby-doo yeah Yeah. (laughs) i am (laughs) i reference red herring from that show a lot in my in my personal life and i am so glad that someone else (laughs) yeah like is is also a red herring fan (laughs) you know someone's got to be there for fred for little fred to accuse a hundred percent so uh now that we've met all those suspects to sum up it's the teacher the uh very serious student the class representative the shy 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 student the outgoing student and the slacker Megu and Ryu have to meet to discuss this in the most secretive way possible, so they go hide behind the big clock tower <laughs> in the middle of the campus. And uh, the, the main thing I took away from the scene, first of all, is that they're in contact with Kazuma, who's the little like kid back at, that didn't get to come with them, and he's the big computer genius. So this case very much involves computers, so he's going to have to you know, email well, them tips. Not only <laughs> does it involve computers, it involves the net. 
<laughs> it does involve the net. It involves message boards. Mm-hmm. Ooh, BBS. And uh, usernames. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, VCRs. <laughs> VCR record. Um, <laughs> I, when, I really, like, I didn't look it up because I was like, when does this take place? Like, I couldn't put my finger on it. <laughs> I was like, is this like 2006 or 1996? I don't know. 2004? 2004? Okay. 2004. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Because, like, there was a lot where I was like, it, the way that they talked about, like, computers and the internet in this was very, like, early seasons of Buffy. Yeah. At, at a certain point where I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> Although, you're right. It's like, there's that episode in the first season of Buffy where she scans a demon into the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was 1997. So this is seven years later. Oh my god! And stuck, and stuck in 1997, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's another little encounter in this scene where, uh, like, uh, the slacker Obayashi comes up and kind of makes threats on Megu, and Ryu flips out. This was scary. Yeah, Ryu uh, like uh, threatens to kill him, but it's okay because it's just a spoon. If you if it's pressed to your neck, you wouldn't know it's a spoon, but. But the reason I thought this was notable is because, like, we have never seen Ryu do this before. He's always silent and he's always, like, broody, but he's never been super violent man. Because even Meg is like, Megu is like, I- I've never seen him act like this. That was scary. Why did he do that? Like, she she thought it was, like, even, like, more frightening that he did it with a spoon than a knife, right? She was like... <laughs> Yeah. She was, like, really caught up on that. She was like, oh, my God, like, who is this? <laughs> Someone who really likes yogurt. Loves it. Um, we get tours next of both of the dorms. Uh, oh, and I guess we meet one more character, Sakama Hibiki, who is the last suspect. He's the head of the dorm. Uh, and the notable thing about him is that he has, like, a sweater draped over him at all times. Right. <laughs> He's a little chilly. Mm-hmm. Any other clues that we picked up on from these tours of, tours of the dorms? Well, they all have a PC in their room, so we know <laughs> the internet's going to be important here. And like nowadays, you'd be like, yeah, of course they do. But it's like, fancy. That was my main note. I was like, oh my god, they all get a PC? <laughs> I wrote that down like word for and word. And in reality, if this is like 2004, they don't have things like traffic monitoring or like... <laughs> so all those computers have just porn all over them for sure. Porn and Windows XP. <laughs> oh man windows xp oh boy <laughs> takes me back that night something happens to kogura jr who is the who is the very serious student and he gets kidnapped right out of his room and isn't he he's like typing away and he's like kind of threatening people right yeah he's writing threatening messages on his computer or just the word die over no he's an internet troll yeah he is the one behind these weird internet messages it turns out but not the murder collector, because he is about to get murder collected. Ooh. So then there's like a couple days where he's not in school, and the teacher turns out that like she just had a typed note from that was supposedly from him saying he was going to be missing class. Which she found in her grade book. Like, <laughs> who accepts that as a form of post? Like, no. <laughs> oh, well, he inserted this in my book while I wasn't there, so clearly this is legitimate. Yeah, it's not the only way that like my teachers would accept sick notes back in the day you know <laughs> sneak into the room when they're not there mm-hmm. leave it in their notebook so that they'll find it don't mm-hmm. you dare tell them or mm-hmm. 
call them. And if it's hand if it's handwritten, they will not accept it. It has to be <laughs> typed out and printed out. Preferably on the kind of paper that has the little dots on the side that you have to tear off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it folds over, yeah. <laughs> That's the good stuff. So this next day, Ryu and Megu do their separate investigations. Ryu figures out that uh, he finds dried blood on the door of his room, figures out that he's probably missing for real, and Megu gets the backstory about the missing student, Ogura Amina, who was like crying shortly before she disappeared and and all that sort of stuff. And that's like, yeah, that's when they like assume that they, that she, they think that she killed herself, right? That's... That's, that's like that's what no one knows where she went. So they think they they think actually that maybe this the murderer got her, or maybe she killed herself. Yeah, yeah. I remember this scene just because like either they like say both options. Like yeah, you know she either got murdered or you know she killed herself. And I was like oh my god, like they, <laughs> it's it was just like so casual. I was like this is this is these these kids. Oh boy. Um and then. Before the end of the episode, there are two important developments for Megu. The first is that she recruits three new teammates to be on a detective team (laughs) because she's just used to having a detective team of five people and she can't do without it. (laughs) And the second is she gets kidnapped. Mm -hmm. By the Ku Klux Klan. So she's on the phone with Ryu and she gets kidnapped. And when she wakes up, there's this guy there in that white hood. Yep. And appears to be eight feet tall, too. Like, they're huge. Super, super tall. And we see that he's also got, was it Ogura? The Kogure. Kogure, the super intense nerd intellectual. Who looks like a grown grown man. man. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And And I I just love everybody's reaction when Ryu is, like, telling them that Megu was kidnapped. They're like, our friend was kidnapped. Let's go search for her. I'm like... Call the fucking police. <laughs> Who reacts like this? They're going to look everywhere except, you know, they're go- except in the abandoned building on the edge of campus where it turns out that she was locked up, but nobody thought to look. <laughs> <laughs> no, why would she be there? And if the police, if we call the police, they're going to tell us to check that building. I don't want to do either. I don't want to do either of those things. Let's go look for her. <laughs> Wait, also, also in this first episode before Ryu like walks in, when I think when he sees his computer... Like a snuff film oh, just yeah. starts playing at him, <laughs> and it's him and the the guy with the sweater, and they're just like, "Oh no, a, a snuff film!" Like it's like just what? Like like it was almost <laughs> like it was like coming for them, and they're like, "Oh, I know, I'll call a teacher." I was like, "Don't call a teacher and like rip the cables out!" Like ah, that's I don't want to watch a snuff film, Jesus. And they have a production logo. Like from before the snuff film started, it's like a snuff film production with like a little like weird animation. So yeah. Weird. Well, branding is important to distinguish you from the other from the competitors. Mm-hmm. That's true. All right. So the 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 this ends with the murder. Uh, this episode does, which yeah. is a decent cliffhanger to end on. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Our our resident KKK member smashes a glass bottle over uh, Kogure's head, and then he's like he's coming at Megu with the broken shards. Megu wakes up tied to a chair opposite him, so she watches all of this happen. And it's also being seemingly live-streamed over the internet or is broadcast in some way, or he's recording it and he's going to show it later. And I'm like, I was on the internet in 2004. I don't think 
th- that would just be buffering the whole time, right? <laughs> They'd be like, oh no, Meg, oh, it's buffering. I think that's Meg. It's very pixelated. I can't really tell. <laughs> Hold on, wait for it to load. We'll we'll find out. Like, we'll do we know anyone her. else with two giant pink commas for hair? She's fine. She's just sitting there. Uh, it's done buffering. Oh, oh no, oh no, it, it finished buffering. <laughs> Oh no. Oh no, it caught up. Chizofa. That cliffhanger though, that like was another thing. This was it was around this scene when I like hit my like David Fincher kind of like vibe mm. where I was like, what the fuck? Like I was like, what <laughs> what is this? Uh but that cliffhanger, because that I watched that episode separately and then I watched the other two back to back. But that cliffhanger, like genuinely, I was like, what the fuck? Like what's gonna like I was like, what's gonna happen? I love watching this all at once for a podcast and not having to wait week to week. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't have to wait unless it was 2004, Noah. That's what I mean. Um, I wasn't watching it in 2004. (laughs) (laughs) Did you stick around for the post-credit scenes at all? Uh, I did. So after the first one, the first post-credit scene happened, and I was just like, what? (laughs) 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 And... Here's the thing. I easily could have gone back and rewatched it just to kind of be like, wait, I'm sorry, what? But I didn't. I was, like that first one in particular, I was just like, is that is that a character? I don't <laughs> The Kappa with with the Kappa. I was like, I, I guess it likes cucumbers, right? Okay. Well, Kinta is one of the main characters. He's the tall, brusque one that they said was too old to pretend to be a high schooler. Okay. Uh, and he lives by himself because his dad is a jerk. So yeah. he has lots of part-time jobs, and we've seen him dress up in costumes as like a mascot for a part-time job before. And this time he was dressed up as a kappa, which is a Japanese like mythological creature, which is basically an upright turtle with a little water bowl on its head that eats cucumbers. And that's the whole thing. Real psychological profile right there <laughs> inside the mind of the kappa. Nothing that interesting. No. Well, I mean, I didn't know what a kappa was, but I learned. Like, I did like that it, it, it I, I didn't catch the whole thing when I had watched it, but I was like, oh, it has a little explanation. Like, it, it does say at the top, like, a kappa is a, I, I read like half of it because I, I couldn't mm-hmm. read it fast enough. I'd be, <laughs> I, I'd be a terrible detective. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I do have something which is interesting. It's episode 30, Broadcast of the Campus of Death. <laughs> um, This is an episode that it, it, it picks up right where the last episode left off. So they're watching this snuff video of uh, Kogure being killed and Megu being threatened. And so Ryu is like, uh-oh, Q told me not to let anything happen to her. Wait, what did Q say? Did Q say to let something happen to her or say not to let something happen to her? <laughs> okay, I better go save her. I got a little distracted while they were watching the horrible live stream murder just because the uh, start menu on the PC uh, where you <laughs> normally see the Windows icon was a cute little dog print. And I was like, oh. Oh, yeah, I think I did catch that. <laughs> what iOS do you think that was? Uh, d- 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 Poodle. Dogdos? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I like dogdos. <laughs> I got nothing. Mac and Bone. Yes. So, yeah, so they go to the clock tower, which you can see out the window in the video, and they, they then they notice, oh, wait, there's this old boarded up building right here. What are you talking about? They would never go in there. That's Why not they... used anymore. Yeah, you're not allowed to go in there. <laughs> the board, it's boarded up, but the nails are new. Dead giveaway. Mm-hmm. Of course, the, that thing you always notice about nails. That and they're new. I 
Look at these pristine. <laughs> the only way you'd be able to tell is from the head of a nail, which would be all like messed up from, you know, hammers. So if you can spot it, you know, good, good on you. Um, and I love this hallway they run through inside the building, which is generated, which is clearly CG and like, go, it looks like it goes on forever. Yeah. Am I the only one that, that, that felt that way? Oh no, they CG exactly one thing in this show and it's hallways all of the time. All the time. <laughs> Anytime they can find a reason to go down a CG hallway really fast, they do it. Oh yeah. my god. Oh right. Now I remember. Yeah. Where it kind of does like the zoom and it's just like all the doors on the sides, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought there was one other CG bit. I think it was when when Megu got taken. There's like a shot of her feet that for some reason like stuck out. It just looked weird. Her shoes were like all shadowy, and it looked huh. kind of CG. Hmm, um, I believe it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. So, but they they get into the room mm-hmm. and they find Megu alive and Kogure dead. The pol- the police always kind of walk in and on this show to to solve these crimes or not solve them and they always react to things in the most over-the-top way so in this one it's the police officer uh hearing about the crime and going they were broadcasting murder over the net (laughs) how could they that's the thing that they're just like the most mad over the net no that's not what that's for yeah, this is 2004. When did when did Avenue Q come out? Sometime around then, I think. So the internet is for porn, as we learned in Avenue Q. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the internet is for murder, as we learned on uh, Detective Avenue Q. Holy shit. Oh. Look, I don't think the internet's for me then, all right? Thank you very much. <laughs> so they, so they, they learn some things from talking to people, and they look through the scene a bit. So a- any clues that anyone noticed? I wrote down that these things that were clues, but now that I'm looking at them later, I'm like, that didn't really turn out to be a clue. Uh, I don't know if it was a clue, but I made an early decision about the glass bottle that turned out to be correct. Oh, yeah, you were right on that. The, the bottle was the thing that I also kind of like, I didn't, ha- I didn't write down too many clues, but at the end, of the near, cutting ahead, there was that clue that they find at the end of this episode that I thought I was like, I, I was on the same the same path with like the the bottle. Wait, so you both saw? Okay, we can let's talk about that. So they come back and examine this crime scene again. Right now, they find really inconsequential things. This is what I wrote down that they find in this scene. They find that the dust on a desk was wiped away because the camera was placed there. They find that the lighting from the window wouldn't have lit the guy's face, right. so someone prepared used prepared lighting. I I didn't take a lot of notes about that, but I. Okay, so the lighting thing real quick, I did think that was interesting, especially because it's like, yeah, no, the sun is coming in right from that window and where she was positioned, you wouldn't have a camera there because would, you wouldn't be able to see anything, all the lighting, like the camera would be all messed up. Right. Mm-hmm. The whole thing with the lighting and where they were talking about like, <laughs> I, also them talking about like the murderer bringing their own lighting setup is so funny to me because it's like that's that's a whole fucking thing that's like a whole giant suitcase of like heavy lighting where then you have to like set everything up so you got like two people who are chloroformed tied to chairs who now you just gotta like by yourself set up a bunch of lighting stands and then just get it just right it's like you're not gonna no murder is gonna do that like the way they're talking about it well, the issue with a murder is you can't hire union labor. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. that If anything, if a murderer was just getting, like, a crew and they're like, I don't know, 150 bucks or something like that just so you can help, <laughs> like, light this thing, 
if anything, there's a higher probability of a non-union murderer <laughs> getting somebody to help them out on yeah. the shoot. Um, so those were the inconsequential clues we found in this scene. But later on, I think it's after Q makes his mysterious appearance, they come back and they search again. And they find these little like brown shattered pieces on the floor. And there's a trail of ants going into the building and the ants are carrying it back and forth. And I saw that and I was like, is this a seed? What is that? Is it a little raisin? But both of you apparently clocked it as little tiny pieces of glass right when you saw it. Yeah. Actually, I was like, oh, yeah. cool. It's like, cool, sugar glass. Got it. Yeah. Well, yeah. All I, right, cool. I thought I was like weird for thinking that. Michael, high five. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I guess it was well drawn after all. Come on, and Noah. I, you've watched Bake Off. You know about sugar glass. I guess yeah. I do. We'll, we'll tell you all about the significance of the sugar glass before too long. Mm-hmm. Ooh. But not yet because it's time for murder number two. Yeah, pretty much. Right. Megu changes into a fun little shirt with a cat on it. But now, was that a clue? Did you clock that as a clue? Uh, I didn't write in bold clue before it in my notes, mm-hmm. but maybe I should have. Okay. All right. <laughs> and there's like this whole funny thing. She, funny? Funny? Question mark. There's this whole thing that's intended to be funny where they're like t- chatting in their room together and worried about being discovered. And what will people think? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. They get a phone call from outgoing the outgoing girl, Asabuki, who is watching videos on her VCR, home videos on her VCR, and calls mm-hmm. up Ryu and is like, I have something to tell you. Someone knocks on her door, and you know it's not going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they can't get her on the phone when they try to call back. Gasp. Gasp. Now, I got to say, she's the red-haired girl, right? Yes. That was who I put down as the murderer that was my my guess i was like i feel like it's her because a lot of times when she talks she keeps trying to pin it on the um the uh the the bad the bad boy guy bad boy yeah yeah um and i thought she was and like she tells this like story of him like attacking uh the grown man i think at one point and i was just like i feel like she's trying to put in all this like misinformation i'm sorry that your uh your guess was murdered along with asabuki (laughs) yeah the, the and someone comes to Megu and is like, "Oh, there's now a, vi- a video of Asabuki being attacked in her room." So they run over there to see what's happening and what's going on in the room, and they do a bunch of investigation here. And it was really odd to me when they found her because she's like lying on the ground and like they're not reacting the right way. And so at first I'm like, maybe she didn't die because they aren't reacting yeah. the way you would react when you find a dead person. But yeah. then everybody said she was dead. I had a really hard time tracking this whole chunk. It it was like when she got attacked to them, like figuring out all the clues, like in this whole chunk, I was just like, what? Like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because like I, I part probably partially because I thought she was the, um, the, the murderer, the murder collector. Yeah. Cause they don't really react. So I was confused if she was actually killed because we only ever see people get hit by a bottle. And I'm like, it took me a while to realize that was killing people. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm I'm ashamed to admit how long it took me to realize that that was killing people. Because then they, like, find her clock is, like, moved up and her alarm is off and all this other stuff. And they find all those, like, secret tapes and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I would say the alarm stuff was pretty hard to follow as well. 
Right. They bring Megu into the room. They use her superpower. Mm. I'm waiting for Michael to react. Because mm. she has photographic memory and he doesn't like it. <laughs> oh. Because that's how she's able, she was like, she had peeked into the room earlier, and that's how she's able to see that, like, the books were moved, which is what, uh, how they noticed the videotapes, and they noticed that they're numbered one through whatever, and number seven is missing. Right. The videotapes are, of course, tapes that were recorded by their middle school movie-making club. Yeah. Although I don't think we get into that until later. Well, we knew that they were in middle school together because that's what she said on the phone. Oh, yeah. And on the phone, she's like, oh, yeah, we are all in middle school together. It turns out even the teacher was the advisor in their club when they were in middle school together. All of these characters who are suspects all knew each other from that time. And they had them. And the fact that they were in the movie, the movie making club meant that any of them, if they had to do the lighting and, and were actually trying to do camera techniques, it's like, well, that just further further makes it like oh, oh, oh boy that's interesting i wasn't thinking about that but like in this time period it's not as simple as it would be nowadays where with like just your camera phone or something like that it would be really easy to record uh, you know a tick a tiktok murder or something but back then you like wait noah real quick yeah like, this part yeah. out because we could oh, we could make quick. that movie in quarantine <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm assuming that doesn't mean I should seriously edit it out. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a million dollar idea. <laughs> Just throw in some bleeps. But what I'm saying mm-hmm. is the, the technology, I guess, is a little harder. I mean, people made home videos and stuff, but then to get it on the computer and all that stuff. There's a couple extra steps in that process that like that makes it like grosser and like more deliberate, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, because I feel like, especially like that obsession of like having a camera in that time is very like voyeuristic and like weird. And there, there's even times in the episode where they have some like POV stuff, which is like really creepy and like, I don't know, it's 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 gross. They they do some POV stuff as it as it continues, as they get closer to to um, figuring out the who it is. That's one strategy to not show us the the face of the culprit but show us what the culprit is doing is to show us from their point of view. Can I say I yes. loved the other thing that they did in this uh in these episodes to cover up the identity um where they would have that like shadow figure? Yes, shadow people. Does the show do that like every mystery? They don't quite they don't really have them like self-narrate with a weird squeaky voice, but they yeah. often have one lurking about. As it continued and this might have been more in the third episode right when they're about to do like the reveal as the shadow person is like in the scene. I thought that was such a, that is such a cool way to stylistically like hide the identity of uh, the killer while being able to get their internal like narration and have them kind of like emote and act a little bit, but like cover them up. I thought that was like that. I actually thought was like really fucking cool. And I thought it really, really worked as it went, but that was, that's jumping ahead a little bit. They haven't used shadow people as extensively in this show as they do on Detective Conan, which is has nearly a thousand episodes now. Very long running show in some ways similar to this, in some ways very different. Um, but they okay. have shadow people for all of those murders to the point where I recently learned there was a short joke manga series starring the shadow from Detective Conan. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's like it's so prominent. But then yeah. it, there's also like 
we we watched a live action uh, Japanese murder mystery where they tried to have a shadow person that was just clearly somebody wearing a bunch of black clothes that nobody was actually ever wearing, and it sure didn't work. You mean the live the live action Detective Conan ad- adaptation? Was it that? It was. Okay. It was. It didn't work <laughs> in live action. Oh yeah, we could talk about that movie. We sure could. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look that up later. <laughs> the live action <laughs> Detective Conan. I think it's free to watch on Amazon Prime, wasn't it? Uh, I think so. So they had these these all these tapes from their movie making club, and number seven is missing. And the question is, what would be on there? And we don't we don't know what that would be. Um, rewinding, let's talk about the alarm clock. So the alarm is set for nine, which is weird because classes start at eight thirty. So we don't know what that's about. Well, it wasn't set for nine. It was set for just before nine. Mm-hmm. Oh, just before nine. Yeah. And then there's the blank tape in the VCR that was recording um, a quiz show. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But it started too late. But it only caught the quiz show halfway through. So there's questions about exactly what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they explain it all. And it, this was kind of one of those, like, mystery explanations where I just kind yes. of, like, look at the screen and I'm like, Okay, like I was like, I was like, I'll take your word for it because I'm not gonna, I'm not, I, I, yeah, sure. Yeah, Ryu brings everybody into um, a lecture hall with a projector to play uh, videos and, and show them things. I mean, the 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 long and short of the alarm clock trick is basically she set her alarm for that time so that she could record a show that would start at nine. That would start at nine p.m. But the murderer came into her room, and because he was filming it like a snuff film change the time so that he could trick people into thinking it happened at a different time uh which they were able to determine because she started recording her show too late because her alarm went off at the right time by her clock right but that clock was wrong because the murderer changed it so he could film it and look like uh this happened at a different time yes the the criminal established an alibi for himself because the clock was in the shot it looked like it was 9 p.m and so the criminal was had then established an alibi for himself at 9 p.m but really it was earlier he had changed the clock which caused her to record the wrong thing mm-hmm. and by um Looking at the exact time that the recording had like started off, he was able to determine the exact time that the murder happened, which is relevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not that interesting. It was like a whole. It was like the meat of the episode was just like, okay, VCR technology. Here we go. Like this is how you had. <laughs> this is how you used to have to record stuff. And I was like, this is a whole to do. I'm gonna let you sort this out. Got it. Cool. Moving this is on. not the first time a VCR has been a clue. Oh my god! It got. Do you think it'll be the last? No, never. <laughs> right. So there was the interesting thing in this scene where Ryu showed everybody the video and like everybody said their thing in reaction, and then he was like, "Aha! I now know who did it based on their reaction." And I was like, "Oh shoot! I didn't write down any of their reactions." And I went down later and I watched it again and I wrote down two people things that two people had said and i'm not even going to say them because neither of them turned out to be the thing that was relevant (laughs) i don't know it it was it was tough it was it was a tough cookie Mm -hmm. yeah yeah this whole section to me just i I just felt like he was bragging (laughs) i was not (laughs) i wasn't into it i was like all right sure figure out this whole vcr thing i i I get it and he's like yeah i just cracked the whole case and i'm like all right fine ryu's thing is figuring out the tricks behind murders well, he's good at it. So the last things that happened in this episode 
is we get some tech support. Right. They find all of these messages. And this kind of gives us a bunch of the backstory, which is that this whole thing is like an affair that has played out in these internet chat rooms. Mm -hmm. Where where there's somebody who has been getting like tormented, whose name is like anime, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, Which has my favorite thing where it was just... (laughs) It's just anime is creepy. Anime is weird. Just this whole this whole <laughs> wall of just like an, anime is creepy was my favorite one though. <laughs> um, and they all assume that anime is the name of Emina because it's Emina is anime backwards. Yes, uh, and that's what and they think this is what led her to go missing was being bullied in this way. Mm-hmm. There's a weird moment where they're like, well, if she was bullied online, she might have committed suicide. And then so, like one character says something to the effect of like, oh, yeah, that, you know, oh, that's that's such a shame. I can't believe somebody would do that online. And then another character is like, well, you know, some people get to know each other and they're you know, people get married after meeting on chat rooms. And I was like, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't equate those two things. <laughs> Well, it was that weird thing, like, this was, because of when this was, I guess, you know, in the first season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer in 1997, Uh um, they had to tell people, like, oh, yeah, didn't, they, people don't know what message boards are yet. Yeah. So they had to tell people about that. But, you know, I guess it's also, like, pretty ahead of its time, I guess, where it's, like, dealing with, like, cyberbullying and stuff like that. I, I didn't realize, like, Yeah. Uh, and then the last thing is something we already covered. Q shows up because he's like, I couldn't let you have all the fun. And they go into the old building and they find the the piece of glass that I thought was a seed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do we want to talk about the post credit scene? No. <laughs> that one was like, you're in a uniform. Hubba hubba. Right? <laughs> yes. Pretty much. Enough said. <laughs> yep. Episode 31, Tragedy on the Net. I love... <laughs> I'm sorry. The the net always cracks me up. <laughs> Tragedy on the net. I <laughs> love <laughs> the way they catch the culprit. That's probably my... I guess there are two things I love about this episode. Because they yeah. play Princess Bride? Yeah. I love yes. the way they catch the culprit. There's, it's, there's a couple pieces to it that are just nuts. And then I love the scene where the culprit confesses, which just goes so soap operatic and intense which the show has done a couple times that was going to be my main question uh, about that where it's just like this it was yeah we'll, we'll we'll get there we'll get there and we'll get there pretty soon because there's not that many more clues to find uh they do they notice a flower has been dug up out of the ground um and i think we can go ahead and say that that flower turns out to be wolfsbane which Which is insane for a campus to be growing a poisonous plant right like a a lot of it too right there's like a (laughs) garden of it yeah so much wolfsbane and because they see the wolfsbane they conclude that the culprit has it and is going to use it to poison someone this isn't explicitly said at this point but you know it, it all comes out pretty soon they call all the culprits into a room Tell them that one of them is the criminal, which is the most important thing you have to do after you gather the suspects together is say, you know, the killer is among you. Yeah, I know who did it. Now I'm just going to lock this door and we're going to discuss. 
They don't just call everyone together. Ryu sends out a very dramatic email. Oh, yes, that's right. And we watch everyone sitting at their PCs. Like, this is 2004. You don't check your email. Like, what if it took a day for somebody to see this email? <laughs> they do at this school, though. Where because they all, all have PCs in the room. Yeah, when they're not watching their snuff videos, they're checking their email. <laughs> well, you got to be careful because sometimes the snuff videos come for you and then you just got to you got to call a teacher. That's what you have to do. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this 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 one like the act break was like five. It was like less than ten minutes in. It was like it was like I know who did it, and then it was like act break, and then it's just like, then it's just like meat. It's just a really meaty meaty meal. Like after that, it was real good, yeah. honestly. <laughs> so our detectives have laid this very clever plan to catch their culprit because they tell us. Uh, they say to each other, well, we don't actually have enough evidence. They never have enough evidence, so they have to trick the person. Um, so the first part of the plan is to get everyone together. The second part of the plan... on day one of detective school, by the way. If you don't have enough evidence, you got to do a big, clever trick. <laughs> well, I, I want to point everybody to um, Dying Message Challenge, our episodes 13 and 14, where we uh, had some fun with the book Murder in the Crooked House, and that has a very fun... Uh, detective catching trick thing. Ooh. And something else that I will not spoil unless someone listens to that episode or reads the book. Okay. And then... Okay, so the first part of the plan is to get everyone together. Oh, is this why you were talking about coffee so much, Noah? <laughs> coffee is on my mind. So the first part of the plan is they get everyone together. The second part of the plan is that Megu brings in coffee for everybody. The third part of the plan is that they know the culprit has Wolfsbane and they know he's going to try to poison Ryu because Ryu has just said that he knows who the culprit is. Mm -hmm. That's an important step. They're counting on the culprit to try to poison Ryu. Mm -hmm. The fourth step is Kinta, Kazuma, and Q, the other three characters, coming in disguised as repair people and announcing that the air conditioner needs to be fixed and everybody needs to move to a different room. <laughs> and we'll move your coffee for you. And they mm -hmm. take everybody's coffee and, and move it to the it other room. <laughs> and yeah, Andrew, you were talking about this part before, because this is where it jumps into the culprit's mindset. Yeah, because then they go and they, they, Ryu starts explaining everything. And it's a lot where he's talking like directly to the audience, kind of like he's like looking like Judy Dench, like right out at everybody. Uh, <laughs> and then... They keep cutting to the shadow person uh, who has their, like, who you get some, like, POV from them. And then it's, like, them sitting and reacting and looking around. But they do it in a way where they can still cross-cut that between all of the characters. And yeah. have the shadow person, like, cut in as well. Which is really effective because they do it a couple times where um, Ryu says something accusatory and then they cut... It'll be like the shadow person, Ryu saying something accusatory, and then they cut to mm -hmm. someone else, and you're like, oh, shit, did they just reveal? And then he'll be like, but and then it'll cut back to Ryu, and he's still going. And it's like, oh, okay, maybe it wasn't them. It, it got more tense as it was going. It was really good. Yeah. I, I thought it was really cool. The culprit's freaking out because he knows one of the – the, they know one of the coffees is poisoned, but not which. Right. And they watch people take – sips one at a time and they show us each person as they take a sip of a, the coffee and we know mm -hmm. the culprit's not drinking coffee yeah this is the second time it. they've used this trick of we're not going to show you who the murderer is we're going to show you one at a time everybody who, who isn't the murderer yeah. yeah uh it was what it was 
I think three episodes ago and when they were doing the reveal in a hospital room and uh, all of the suspects walked out from behind a curtain one by one where they were hiding. (laughs) And the only person that was left was the culprit. They hit so many people in that hospital room. (laughs) But finally, we get down to the culprit, who is the only person who hasn't drank their coffee. And they're like, you are the culprit because you haven't drank your coffee and you poisoned it with Wolfsbane. And he's like, He's like, I don't like coffee. By the way, I'm going to scream at you and I'm going to chuck this against the wall. (laughs) And okay, so there was one more part of the plan, I think. Step four was they come in as repair people and make everybody move to another room. Step five of the plan to catch the culprit is that Megu uses her photographic memory to remember which cup is poisoned so that she can give the poisoned cup that was intended for Ryu instead give it to the murderer who they know won't drink from it. Now, if the murderer does drink from the cup and dies, the plan hasn't worked. Then we're murderers. Yeah. (laughs) So this was fun how it played out, but I think it was a pretty shoddy plan with lots of room for error. (laughs) Yeah, but they went in with a lot of confidence, you know? They went in and they're like, no, this is how it's going to play out. Like, don't don't you worry. Where it's like if the murderer was just like, oh, fuck, I need my coffee. They would have been they would have been done. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh no michael hmm? that would have been you you would have drank the coffee i would have drunk it he oh he drinks coffee <laughs> that rare quality <laughs> oh, wow that's really interesting so when you're stretching out on the rack mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. just usually just like sipping on a coffee with a big just, straw i assume it's my big uh lounging straw yeah <laughs> unless it's unless it's too hot and it makes him go chizouch chizouch <laughs> i was trying to remember i was like Chowza? was it? <laughs> Chazam? Chowza's good, too. Chazam? Isn't that that uh, Sinbad movie? Oh, no. You're from the B-universe. Hmm? <laughs> no, Shazam is the movie with um, with uh, Chuck. Yeah. And then Shazam is the Damien Chazelle one. It's all about jazz. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. I wonder if people listening to this episode will be able to notice that we usually record this in the afternoon and we are now recording it and it's like 10.40 p.m. It's late. <laughs> I am so sorry. I've had a crazy day. You're totally fine. We scheduled this late. I just, just you know. It's okay. I'll just sit my... Co- <laughs> oh my God. He spilled the coffee all over him. I can tell. So now we get the culprit identified. Ryu does the point. It was you. Tominaga, the class president, you are the collector. And we get the whole explanation. So we've already pretty much had um, the murder of Asabuki explained how that how that happened um, and how that alibi trick worked. So we don't need that explained. What we do learn is why she was attacked in that moment, which was to get video number seven. Which was them on like a field trip to like a tv show set right and he he was like filming it and they showed how they did the uh sugar bottle uh right right? that that was that was the the thing in in video number seven they learned about sugar bottles which is the same trick the culprit used because he actually had uh the victim kidnapped for a whole two days even a day before Megu was kidnapped. So he, the, there was a clock tower in the background, which is why they thought it happened at 5.15 p.m., creating an alibi for what's-his-face. Um, but actually, he whacked him with his sugar bottle at 5.15 p.m. the previous day, and then in front of Megu, killed him for real with a real bottle at a different time and stitched all the footage together. 
Which, like, I I feel like that that I was confused by because I was just like, why didn't he say something while they like on day two, like when Megu when 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 Megu was with him, why wasn't he just like, hey, by the way, I've been here for a little <laughs> while. He hit me with this fake <laughs> bottle, like. That was I was really confused. I was just confused by that. I, I was think like, he did actually have him gagged, if I recall. Okay. Meg was like, "Oh yeah, I remember he told me he had gotten hit in the head with a fake bottle to deal." <laughs> yeah. It, well, she has photographic memory, so if he had told her, she would have remembered. Mm-hmm. That's true. She's like Cam Jansen, only if he said it visually. Like Cam Jansen. And this is where we veer into days of our lives. It's very dramatic. It is a lot, and it's like a lot of reveals. It, it's like it was when I saw how much was left in the episode. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, what is going to happen? So the first reveal is that Kogare wasn't happy and had no friends. Yes, big reveal. Or no, no, Tominaga. His friend was Emina, but he wasn't friends with her in real life. They communicated on the internet. He would mm-hmm. communicated with her in the form of anime. Yes, and they were in a relationship, and everyone was like, "Wait, but it's a small school. We would we would know if you were dating somebody." And then it was like, "Oh well, we only know each other online." But it turns out, anime is not Emina, mm-hmm. even though they're spelled almost the same. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the shyest girl who ever shied, Toya, was was Emina. She lo- or was anime because she mm-hmm. looked up to Emina, so she chose that name. And so she unknowingly and by accident catfished this other guy who thought. And what my note here is, uh, Jesus Christ, you can't just slap people, dude, because he oh man <laughs> slaps the shit out of her. Yeah. Ugh. Which was not, which was not okay. Because I think when they first catch no. him too, his response is just like, "Yeah, you're right." Like they're like, "Yeah, you did it," and he's like, "Yeah, you're yeah. right." He's pretty calm until suddenly he's like, "Not." Yeah, he slaps the shit out of her. That I did. I didn't like that. Yeah. No, it, there was nothing to like about that. He gets mad at her because right, he because he felt like she was lying to her or something and also it well he also just murdered somebody to get revenge for his imaginary girlfriend that turns out there was no revenge to be had she's right there she's fine yep he murdered a bunch of people for he's mad at himself because he murdered a bunch of people for no reason ultimately yeah and made snuff films i also like like, that she has to kind of prove to him that she was anime the the person online and she yeah. does it by being like we were in a private chat room and you told me all of your secrets yeah <laughs> and his secrets were also dumb <laughs> just wanting to be a film director it's like i want to make the best movie with the best actors with the best script and i'm like that's also a grade school version of that also my screen name is spielberg i was like you fucking loser <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact, um, in the English dub, voiced by Steven Spielberg. Oh, my God. Oh, Stevie. <laughs> <laughs> there is no English dub anyway. Well, there is one, but Spielberg is currently doing all the voices for it. So it's taken him oh, a little bit of time. Oh, I see. So the, the person named Anime had posted on the board that she was going to die or disappear or something. And it turns out that was Toya deciding to stop being her because she was being bullied. But that... Emina hadn't actually been that person and hadn't actually said that shortly before she disappeared. And at this point, the culprit is banging his head against the wall and has to be restrained. And like this strong music is playing and the camera is is zooming slowly back. 
Yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> there wasn't a lot. I was like, oh boy, this was uh, this was really fucking intense because it goes from like super dark, like perverted, like like voyeuristic, like murders to then super intense high school melodrama in a way where it's like interesting juxtaposition where I was like, if this was like a script, if this was like a two and a half hour, like crime drama movie, this would be fucking crazy. But uh, just like the genre blending of that. But instead I was like, boy, this is tonal whiplash, but I'm kind of here for it. Well, maybe we can cheer you up. Okay, sure. Because uh, guess what? Asabuki wasn't dead. Love it. Which is actually, this whole bit's just even more salt in his already, like, gaping wound. Like, not only did you not get revenge for your girlfriend, not only is your girlfriend not the person you thought she was, but the person you thought was your girlfriend, who you got revenge for, is gone because she married somebody else. <laughs> oh, well, we find that out next scene. So we learn Asabuki survived, and then we learned, yeah, that Emina had eloped with a foreigner, and that's how she disappeared. They're like, yeah, she heard about it and just called to be like, oh, my God, that's crazy. Anyway, like, bye. Meanwhile, uh, Don, headmaster of the school, is like, you all did great. You Mm -hmm. all did great. I mean, all in all, the only person who died was that, like, grown man who was, like, a terrible internet troll, right? Yeah. 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 And they ruined a perfectly good sugar glass bottle. They did. There were ants everywhere. Someone has to clean that up. Yeah. Uh, they ruined a cup of coffee, and someone smashed that coffee cup on the floor. Um, but yeah, not as many casualties as in some of the other murders uh, we've covered. It, it's true. But I'm okay with that. I, I think they, they went low body count so they could get away with more like other fucked up stuff. Also, before before things wrap up, we get this final little moment with Kinta uh, and Ryu where Kinta's like, you can't feel bad about a murderer, which is like a little counterintuitive to some of the things they've tried to do on the show before where they want us to feel bad about a murderer. But yeah. then Ryu is just in just the most emo energy way is like, he wasn't born to be a murderer. Uh, emo, emo, emo. Huh. Yeah. Which was a really frightening thing to say. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. A Especially little bit. with the, the, the spoon thing, because like at the end, by the end of the episode, I was like, Although in my notes I do have don't forgive him, but I don't remember when when I landed on that. Like I di- I still pitied the kid because I was just like, oh, you fought, you made a bunch of dumb, really bad high school like decisions for no reason and have like really ruined your entire life. There's there's he becomes pitiable, not necessarily like sympathetic. I don't think, but he thought he was in love with someone on the internet who was. A cyber bullied into taking her own life mm-hmm. by this guy that he then killed. But it turns out he didn't love the person he thought he loved. The person who vanished didn't die. Yeah. But the person he killed was the one responsible for the cyber bullying. So he was, well, he got one out of three. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't know where that lands on the morality scale. Let's hit let's hit some of our big quick picture questions. But first, we gotta rinse our mouth out with a big c- cup of post credit scene. I'll just use this coffee. <laughs> no, stop drinking the Wolfsbane coffee, Michael. No, <laughs> that's for murderers. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, it's just a it's just another cute uh, scene where they're in their janitor outfits and not being convincing janitors because they're children. Yeah, and children are not usually janitors. 
Yeah, the, the the next time on, I think, was, was you know, a little bit better. Because this one just felt like, oh, it's like, yeah. we're too short to be janitors, huh? But boy, that next time on really, really hooked me. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you make, what did, what did you think is happening in the next episode from next time on? Uh, all the girls are going, and they're going to go solve a murder, and they're going to be a, a detective team called Trio de Beauty. Uh, and oh. there's a new girl who seemed, like, weird. Who is in their group and will probably okay. be the murderer? Spoiler. Spoiler. That girl with, like, the short brown hair in that preview of next episode? No, you're going to give it away? I'm going to give it away. Okay. Oh, my God. Wait, is that Q? <laughs> no. <laughs> yep, that's it. It was Q. I don't know. It's, it's the shy girl from this episode, Toya. Who shows up at the start of next episode with a completely new look and is like, you inspired me to change my life and become a detective and now I go to your school. What is what is with her? She needs <laughs> to be her own person, right? <laughs> they look nothing alike. It totally blow it totally blew our mind when we watched this next episode. So come back to to learn the continuing travels of Wait, Toya. No. Hold up. No, I have... Okay, now if we're going to go into big lingering questions... Yes, please. This whole mess happened because she looked up to other people and tried to completely change herself to be other people. Mm -hmm. So now she's just going to do it again? Yep. Yeah. Did she learn nothing? Not a thing. To to add on to our consternation with next episode. So in our next episode of our podcast, we'll have another mystery guest. We're covering episode 32 of Detective Academy Q, which, like Andrew has been saying, is trios to beauty. I do think we should warn people there's no murder mystery. It's tackling like very serious issues of, of groping and sexual assault in very oh. silly ways that do not work. Oh, God. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, so yeah, it'll, it'll be a, a good episode of our podcast, but maybe a good one to, uh, not to, to not watch the anime. I cannot recommend it. Michael, can okay. you recommend it? No, no, we cannot recommend that episode. Okay. <laughs> that was not the vibe I was getting. The vibe made it seem like it was like a, I don't know, we're going to, it, it was just going to be more like fun, like side adventure, but, but. <laughs> Oh boy! Yeah. <laughs> but please come back and listen to the next episode of our podcast. <laughs> okay, all right. Or Noah won't feed me. What? It's <laughs> not huh? true. I give Noah, you one M and M every time a person listens to our podcast. Oh that probably God. maths out approximately right. Actually, <laughs> he can't. He can't use his arms or his arms or legs. He's in that rack, Noah. He's the one who chained himself to the rack. All right, it'll all be fine tomorrow when our chizouch comes in. Can't wait to see that (laughs) chizouch. So, big picture, Andrew. Yes. You compared this to David Fincher. You were Mm -hmm. definitely thrown, like, for a loop on this roller coaster of of a series of episodes. Yeah. Thoughts? I mean, I liked it. Like, I I, I will say the second episode... uh, lost me a little bit um i was eating dinner yeah. while i was watching that one and and i was kind of fine with the whole clock thing because like as that was going i was like what like i was like this is a lot but um overall especially with everything else that you said having no context going into it not knowing that these aren't even like the main characters like if this is just like a weird do they usually just like split everybody off or was this just like a they've now 
at first it was mostly the big group of them, but they've now been kind of throwing them into different combinations and letting people have their own side adventures. Oh, I like that. I, I like when shows do that. Um, I forget. There's, there's a couple TV shows where like each season, usually like every character gets like one episode before they, uh, I feel like Parks and Rec does that. Like the first like seven or eight episodes of the season, it's like, you'll get like a Leslie, like a Tom, a Ron, like a Chris, you'll get like everybody gets one before they kind of start doing more ensemble stuff. And I, I like when show when shows do that. The fourth season of Arrested Development. No, not, no, no, no. I, no. <laughs> I, I was a defender of of the fourth the fourth season of Arrested Development. I, I liked that that um that style. I, I, but that's just me. I, I, I thought that was interesting to do a uh, to do that kind of story structure just because i was like i've never seen this and i, I don't know I, I i i felt it was more rewarding as it kept going but <laughs> yeah looking back i'm like no rest development no thank you uh but uh, yeah overall I, I don't know i liked it because i was like i thought it was good but when they got to the reveals it did kind of feel it felt almost like a lot of the answers were like true or false like they wrote a script and then they just threw in a couple things that like weren't true or like, actually the time wasn't right. Did you catch that? And I was like, Oh, that was the clue. (laughs) (laughs) Some of the reveals I I just thought were, were, were sweaty, I guess. So the miss, the mystery wasn't, um, it would, it, it wouldn't hold the weight of a horse. It wouldn't hold coffee. (laughs) It wouldn't hold coffee. Don't mind if I do. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. But yeah, so it was like I don't. It, it was. I mean, the the reveal I thought was very satisfying, but I felt like the mystery overall, some yeah. of the clues and stuff. I was like, eh, I don't know. It it didn't. Uh, I don't know. It didn't intrigue. I wasn't super intrigued. I was like, I think they're gonna wrap this up pretty good, but I don't know. Yeah, this wasn't the best one, but it wasn't the worst one. It was it was solid. But what I guess what made it so interesting was. Yeah, that the kind of the dramatics at the end and the weirdness yeah. of school plus snuff videos. Yeah, those like tonal shifts really like gave it stakes and like weight that were like yeah frightening. Where I was like, oh my god! Like, <laughs> but I don't know. I thought it was uh, yeah. Like I said, I thought overall it was like I was I was into it. And now I'm like with some of the other episodes that you've talked about. I'm like I'm gonna have to watch some more of this. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And what I'll say is. For anyone who's listening along and is and is watching these episodes and has those thoughts and opinions, and you know maybe you go back and watch an episode because we talked about it today, uh, send us a line, send us an email at dyingmessagepodcast at gmail and tell us what you think, and we'll share your thoughts. But do not send us a snuff video, Michael. I God said don't. It. I said God don't do damn it. Damn it! <laughs> I Wait, don't no, want did it. you? No, was that you asking for snuff videos? <laughs> God damn it! Why are you upset? <laughs> it's like that thing where you you type the wrong thing into Google or you're like, uh, I don't know, like maybe I, is, is, isn't snuff a kind of tobacco? Yes. Like you have a snuff box? Like maybe I'm like, ooh, I like snuff. I'm going to look up some snuff videos. And then all of a sudden yeah. I'm like, uh-oh, nope, not, nope. No, are you trying to cover up that? Everyone's <laughs> sort of like, this kind of feels like a confession. My God. Uh, podcasts are not admissible in a court of law. True fact. Oh. Oh, cool. That's neat. Yeah. Thank Joe Rogan. Ugh. <laughs> oh, boy. Oof. 
Toby. Oh boy. I don't think I, I, I don't think I will think so, Rogan, actually. <laughs> Not going to do it. Yeah. So I think, I think we've covered all of our beans. I think we've done it. And I want to turn it over to you now, Andrew. You have other places where you talk about things that you've seen. Maybe people could, uh, could catch you there. Yeah. Uh, is this plugs? Is this what this yes, is? Yes, this is plugs. Okay. Uh, so uh, me and a friend of mine from college have a podcast. Uh, Sean and Andrew talk about movies and sometimes other stuff uh, where we usually try and watch a something recent that's come out uh, and do reviews and like movie reviews and or TV reviews. As of this recording, we just had our um, final episode about... Uh, season two of the boys on Amazon where we talked about that. Uh, but we also talked about, uh, making pizza dough and bagels and stuff like that. It was a good, <laughs> a fun time. Um, so yeah, uh, that's kind of where you can most catch me now. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Sean and Andrew talk about movies and other things. And sometimes other stuff, sometimes other stuff, but you don't want to promise the other stuff. Yeah, but it, it almost certainly happens where I usually remember stuff from the week and then I just hit Sean with it and I just delay our main topic as much as possible. That's kind of how that show works. And then sometimes he cuts it out, but I, I don't know. <laughs> so, well, th- well, thank you, Andrew, for recording this podcast yeah, with us. Course. I kind of liked the late night recording because I have to say, the later we got, the more I started to come up with fun metaphors and turns of phrase. <laughs> We already told people about what they can see with us next week. So come back and listen to that. Keep listening. We're, we really are nearing, uh, close to nearing the end of Detective Academy Q. So I know oh, there's really? going to be some kind of fun finale. And I'm excited to cover that. The best thing you can do if you, you are listening to this podcast, you are listeners, to help support the podcast is to like and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you're listening, because uh, people don't know what, that this is a thing people might like. But then you say, hey, I liked this. And they go, oh, someone else liked this. Maybe I'll like it too. Um, that's the exact thought process that people go through. So drop us that. It'll, it'll help us along. You can keep in touch with us on social media, Dying Message Podcast on Facebook, at Dying Message Pod on Twitter. And yeah, send us that email, dyingmessagepodcast at gmail.com, and we will read it in a future episode. So we're all going to go to bed and, you know, walk right past the PCs in our room that are playing unwanted snuff videos and get into our beds. Or Noah, in your case, wanted. (laughs) No, no. I don't know. Michael, you might want to ask him some questions after this. I might. Uh, But... Uh, this is an excellent way for me to change the subject. Andrew, 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 I have got to ask you about the mystery of the missing hard drive. So, uh, well, this is like, I feel like it's less exciting because this was like part of my job, but I had to track down a bunch of hard drives at work uh, that some had been shipped places and all this and that. And all I had was a list of numbers, uh, <clears throat> a list of numbers and a list of suspects. And over the course of like a month, Uh, I, in and out of like meetings, I would just kind of ask people, I would suddenly hit them with questions from my little notebook that had my list of numbers and dates and things, uh, and just kind of try and track down where, uh, it was like several missing hard drives. 
And it took a couple of months, actually, to piece together where the whereabouts uh, of all of these hard drives were. But I th- I tracked down, it was like five in total, uh, where I was able to track down where they were, uh, who had them, and where they were sent to. Uh, and I was able to track it down. And the entire time I did this, I referred to myself as a Detective Pikachu. As <laughs> I was asking people questions, this was like maybe a year ago at work. <laughs> but uh, it's I don't know. It's a true. Yeah, I, I it was the it truly was. I had a hard time for coming up with a mystery that I've solved. But I was yeah, like, yeah, I guess that's the closest. Well, I'm disappointed that the numbers that you had were phone numbers and not like some kind of secret code. No, they were not phone numbers. They, they were, were not phone numbers. They were the um, inventory code numbers. Oh. So I had a list of like 16 four-digit numbers, uh, and then I had to like constantly ask people, and every once in a while, somebody, a suspect I'd think would be cleared, and then a new p- piece of information would come back, come back, and I'd like st- storm into their office. I'd be like, no, 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 no. This isn't what Kevin just told me. You, it turns out you did have the hard drive. So I actually need you to check, your ha- check at your house if you have this thing. <laughs> it sounds like you really needed like a little Ryan Reynolds uh, oh, yeah. voice in a Pikachu body like coming into that those interrogations with you yeah well i would could i also say maybe like still me but i'm a pikachu just my (laughs) size with my weird lanky tall body (laughs) okay so you're now the world's tallest pikachu yeah with with your voice yeah like you know in like super smash brothers when they put like the pikachu skin over like captain falcon's body like that like like that That, that's what i want to be Oh, wow. Okay, so you're Detective Pikachu, so I think now mm-hmm. Michael and I have to choose if we turned into Detective Pokemon but kept our body shape and our voices. Ugh. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm going to say... I'm going to say Detective Goldeen. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to be Detective Machoke. I'll just be like a really unimpressive, not that muscular Machoke, and it's mostly fine. Yeah. See, I, I, that I like, but Noah, I, I'm picturing just, it's just this horrifying thing that you have <laughs> yeah. such a natural, calm, like, voice where I'd just be like, it's just be like this horrible, like, creature. It's just kind of like, well, you know, you know, you it's just like, I like to look up snuff films. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> There's never an acceptable Goldine, and let's end with that. And that closes the case on this week's Dying Message, the Detective Anime Mystery Podcast, episode 19, in which we stretch out on the Chizouch. Podcast cover art created by Miriam Bloom. Music excerpted from Solve the Damn Mystery by Jesse Spillane. Thank you again to our mystery guest, Andrew Neelis. Coming up, where's a good murder mystery when you need one? Who thought this was a good idea? Should we have maybe just skipped this episode? All that and more when we next examine the scene of the crime for that fatal note. The dying message. Do we have some context for this, Michael, that we can give Andrew? Okay, well, there's a few things. That was Kinta. He's one of the main characters. Hold up. Will the context ruin this for me? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. All right. Sorry. You can close your ears and we'll just tell the people listening. (laughs) I'm curious.